0: We're going to speak about a mitzvah that features in this week's show. And I like, think it's reasonable to say that this is probably the most difficult mitzvah in the entire Torah So you're thinking, why are we starting with the most difficult mitzvah? Three answers One, a Jew is never starting, they're always in the middle of something uh, the, the Torah starts with the letter Bays, which is the second letter and every page every tractate of Talmud starts on page two. So first off you're always in the middle. It's a good rule in life. Don't ever feel like you're right at the beginning. Second reason, um, you know, once you think about this mitzvah, every other mitzvah you learn about will seem easy in comparison. The inspiration to do it. And number three, if you build a false foundation, it's not very good. Uh, making the building stable. If you start off without a proper understanding of what you're really engaging in, what you're really involved in, you're liable to make mistakes. So even if this is a very difficult mitzvah to to do and a person is intimidated, the very fact that they're aware that this is part of Judaism forces them to take a a more honest approach to growing in Judaism, even when it comes to other mitzvahs. Plus, you might feel so inclined to try and fulfill this mitzvah. And if you do so, you must consult with a personal mentor. Otherwise, you can destroy your life. Okay. I'm not joking. I'm saying it like it's a joke because, you know, humor takes the edge off. But you really can destroy your life. Like, you could die. Or other bad things. Okay. Fine. What is the mitzvah? What? What is the
1: mitzvah?
0: Do you know? <laughs> okay, the the mitzvah we are talking about is the mitzvah of yiskadishtem to act holy. It is a positive biblical mitzvah, biblical commandment. It is codified in the code of Jewish law in the Shulchan Aruch. It's not just the Hasidic idea. Um, the code of Jewish law says in two places, kadesh <laughs> atz A Jew is required to Sanctify themselves in that which is permitted to them. And this is a positive mitzvah. Like eating nuts on Pesach. Like um, loving God. It's One of those mitzvahs. Okay. And it's not a time-bound mitzvah, which means... Me That's right. Okay. So, what does it mean to sanctify yourself with what is permitted to you. Um, So, we're going to start with some introductory things and we'll eventually get back to the mitzvah in particular because I think it's important to set the uh, stage, some of the the basic ideas before we get to the particulars of the mitzvah. Um, Obviously, this is a Hasidic class. This is not a Code of Jewish Law class. So, Anything I mention in the context of halacha is in theory and on paper. In practice, consult whoever your halach authority is uh, because all sorts of nuances change the actual halacha as it's implemented. Okay? Fine. In Tanya, in Chapter 27, which is going to be the basis for this class, um, the Altar addresses a problem that people might have. Which is that you might feel that you are a second-class citizen to Judaism. Why would you think that? What is the purpose of Judaism? Do they ever know? To
1: keep the
2: Torah.
0: Well, that is Judaism. So, what's the purpose? What is keeping Torah supposed to achieve?
2: To bring ourselves closer to Hashem.
0: That's good. Closer to God. Right. By the way, this is very important because whenever any commentator expressing explaining anything in the Torah, they, that very vague notion of getting closer to God is part of the picture. What does that mean? Obviously, Hasidus has a deeper understanding of to get closer to God and has a deeper understanding of every part of Judaism. But even a non-Hasidic interpretation of anything in Judaism has to understand how does this bring you closer to God um and what closer to God means now one of the things that Chassidus explains and this is not a novel Chassidus this is this is idea rooted in Kabbalah is that performing mitzvahs brings you closer to God directly okay what does that mean there is a view that the way mitzvahs bring you closer to God is that the mitzvah has an effect on the person who does the mitzvah and that effect on the person is then what brings them closer to God so just to give you an example we just recently celebrated Pesach and we missed out on the most important part of Pesach the Pesach, the actual Pesach the sacrifice that we're supposed to partake of small technical problems prevented us from doing that um, Yeah. Like, you know, local politics, not knowing exactly where the sacrificial site is. But, yeah, you could technically offer a sacrifice even without without a base in English. You can,
2: technically?
0: Technically, yeah.
2: And that would be okay,
0: Yes. I wouldn't say that you can, and then, like, if it's forbidden, that would be okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can eat the pork! (laughs) I only meant that you can, I didn't mean you're allowed to. (laughs) <laughs> no. How <laughs> much
1: you couldn't?
0: You
2: can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You, can.
0: you can. Um, So the, one of the laws about the Korban Pesach is that it has to be roasted. Um, barbecued. Mm. Wait, can I rewind for a second? We
3: could bring Karbanes and Galas. We mm.
0: just don't? Well, yes. There's a, there's a small technicality, which is that... We, it's not that we don't. It's that... Um, there are certain halach questions that we need to be clarified, okay. um, and there's no consensus about that. And then there it's also never been really fully discussed since the mass exodus of the Jewish people from the land of Israel following the Roman putting down the. So what um, are we waiting for? I'm saying like no one
3: knows. On
0: what that for Carbonus? For Kibonos, I mean, basically like this: if Kibonos, if like the Israeli government would let us do it and we wouldn't be endangering anybody's lives, there are Halach authorities that say it's fine. The halachic authorities say it's not because it would upset the Gentiles and that would put Jewish lives in danger. Otherwise, it's not something you endanger your life for. But if we could set aside all the political considerations and there could be halachic consensus about which parts of the Temple Mount are can be clearly considered to be part of the sacrificial area, mm-hmm. um, then we would be obligated to offer they sacrifices. Go what do you mean?
3: Like, the Shekhinah would do its
0: thing. Yeah, why not? <laughs> like, even
3: while the Shekhinah's in dollars?
0: Yeah. yeah. But in, pra- there, there, in practice, I mean, it, it's not a realistic thing to discuss. It's more of an academic question. There was a bit, the Rebbe was concerned after the Six Day War that people shouldn't be in your the year after the Six Day War for Pesach. Because. because. have to. Because Theoretically. Yeah, but then once the political surgery became clear that it's not the kind of thing you have to risk going to jail for and stuff like that, so then there was like okay, like... Yeah. So the, there was a year where, like, a, the year after sixty where a lot of people, Lubavitchers and non lababachers left Yerushalayim and the surrounding area for Pesach, so they didn't get into this issue. Okay, and there's always a group of people who try to bring the current Pesach every year and get themselves arrested. I don't know if they clarify, like, every all the other stuff, but anyway. So the current Pesach has to be roasted. Um... By fire. No liquid. Can't be cooked in any liquid. No sauce. Salt? Sauce. Sauce. Oh, no sauce. Put salt? I believe you can put salt. <laughs> I believe Halakhti is <laughs> <case> required <laughs> to put salt.
1: She's a boss. guy, okay. right, and that's
0: why. Why? Everybody crying, Oh, everyone so. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, why does it have to be roasted? <laughs> so, if you, in, if you look in a Sefer Achinuch, which is a... Work explaining the different mitzvahs, and one of the things there it describes is why we do different mitzvahs. She says, Well, because on Pesach we're supposed to be free, and how do free people eat meat?
1: Roasted
0: Without sauce. Without sauce, roasted. How do poor people eat meat?
1: Sauce.
0: That's right. Why?
1: Why? why? Because they have to like, stretch the, the
0: meat. You know, because they have to stretch the meat. Why do we eat chicken soup on Shabbos? because we're all poor Ashkenazis living in the shtetl and can't afford anything. So you take one or two pieces of chicken, you throw it in a pot with some vegetables, and you have a Shabbos meal for the whole family.
4: Oh my gosh, that's such a sad interpretation. That, but that's the truth.
0: That's the truth. And that's why on Pesach, there's no, you're not allowed to have the, all the meat from the carbon Pesach, and also actually all the sacrifices that we eaten the night of the Seder, and temple times, had to be eaten, roasted, so, the idea is that you're a free person, you're a nobility, you don't need to skimp, you can fill yourself up on steak if you want, and that makes you feel like you're a mach you or know, a thing, and that will help you get closer to God. But it's not like the actual activating the carbon pesach roasted itself does anything. It influences your state of mind, which then allows you to more appreciate the Seder, blah, blah, blah. It's all indirect. What Kabbalah teaches, and Chassidus harps on a lot, is that the mitzvahs directly connect you to God. The the simple analogy of this in the fourth chapter of Tanya is that every mitzvah is like having is like a hug from Hashem. When you do a mitzvah, Hashem is giving you a hug, and if you're doing the mitzvah with Chayas, with enthusiasm, then you're hugging him back. So it's great. And a hug is not something by virtue of which that has an effect that somehow gets you closer. It itself is a direct connection with someone.
2: What do yeah. you mean? When so when I do a mitzvah, Hashem's hugging me, and if I do it with enthusiasm, I'm hugging him back.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had like someone hugging you? and You're like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I'm not a huggy yeah. person. I'm not a huggy person. Sometimes, I'm about I'm like, okay, just... <laughs> 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 and then there's other rabbis that like going in for the hug, and like, so it's like some people they do the mitzvah <laughs> like <laughs> they're putting on spillin' and they're like, it's like Hashem's, I love you. And we're just like, space, please, some space. (laughs) And then there's people who are doing the mitzvahs with enthusiasm to connect to Hashem and Hashem is hugging them and hugging them back. Anyway. So the mitzvah is a direct connection with Hashem. Um, And that's one of the reasons why it's necessary to anthropomorphize Hashem to describe Him as a person because when you talk about directly interacting with another being, the only model we have to understand is a person. So, Everything we find analogies in the person that kind of reflect how Hashem connects to us in the mitzvahs right? So again, there's a way of understanding every mitzvah is how it affects you and then you become better and blah blah of connection to Hashem Or that the act of the mitzvah yourself at that moment is a connection to Hashem And the more sensitive you are, the more great it is for you But either way, Hashem is having a good time Okay that's introduction number one. So why would a person feel second class? Because we have a part of us which does not like doing mitzvahs. In fact, it likes doing things which are not mitzvahs. Things which are anti-mitzvahs. Sins. And, you know, if, if the goal in life is, let's say, to make money, and one person um, is really good at business and has no outstanding debts, and starts out with a lump sum of money to invest. And the other person doesn't start with a lump sum of money. starts out with pre-existing debt and is really bad at business. They're obviously going to feel like they're second class, right? The game has been rigged against them. Well, if the whole point is to have a direct connection to Hashem through the mitzvahs, and every time you do a mitzvah, Hashem's hugging you, and you do it with enthusiasm, He's hugging you back. And there's a whole part of you which is not into mitzvahs and wants to do things which are actually sins, and then you realize that there are other people who don't have that whole experience, that their whole life is just the enthusiasm of moving from one mitzvah to the next, you're gonna feel like you're second class. And that's all of us. That part of us is called the animal soul. The animal soul is not interested in mitzvahs. You could like sometimes convince it to be interested in mitzvahs, but it's like getting kids to be interested in doing their homework. You can get them to it, right? You could bribe them, you could tell them it's worth the investment. But at the end of the day, there's no child that, like, I, take that back. I do have a child, yeah. But <laughs> regularly, so I guess, okay, most children, right? Um, that's why most people are, are right? But most people are not enthusiastic <laughs> about mitzvahs.
2: <laughs> but is this I have okay? a son,
0: He's wanted to stay up all night, shall Pesach, to set last night of Pesach. She stay up the whole night, so go and he wanted me to review the Gemara with him that he's learning in school. What? Policy. So I, he's ten. So I figured okay, like it'll we'll take like an hour and then I'll be able to do other stuff and stay up the whole night and chill, right? So we finished a page and a half and it's like two hours in. Like, how long are we playing do? He's like, until the morning. We just keep going and going and going. He's very good. He's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So but you have you have Is exceptions. Way? What?
4: Way?
0: Yeah. And at some point he started for ranging a little bit. The ratio between learning and for shifted over time. <laughs> um, yeah. After Bragg, he came up with one of the questions of, of, of one of the medieval commentators on That's his really own. Wow. So, so it was a good question. We looked up the answers. Yeah. Anyway. Was
1: he satisfied?
0: Um, he didn't understand the answer at first. We had to go over it a few times, but then he figured it out. It made sense to... Anyway. But most children do not like doing homework. Most children have to be cajoled in one way form or another and our animals are like that we are not enthusiastic about just getting hugs from god like we like other things whatever those other things are and we can convince ourselves bribe ourselves cajole ourselves inspire ourselves into being enthusiastic about tournaments as well but there's always this part of ourselves which is the most instinctual and basic part of ourselves which really couldn't care less and in fact drives a lot of pleasure and delight from things that god finds repulsive that's true of every person. Some people those things are more obvious and some people feel those things are less obvious. Yeah.
2: To have that inside you that you like feel like a second class citizen because like a tzaddik has something that they don't have that evil inclination or is that type of jealousy okay?
0: No. Absolutely evil.
2: But is that not is the only type of jealousy okay if someone's Torah knowledge? That's different. Because you're saying but you're yeah, saying that they're I'll, like
0: I'll I'll tell you why it's different. Yeah. To be jealous of what someone else has that you can achieve
4: okay.
0: is fine. What's not okay is A to be jealous of something that they have that you can't achieve, or to be jealous and the jealousy is that you want them not to have it. In other words, there's a jealousy like if I can't have it, I don't want you to have it either. There's a kind of jealousy of you have something I can't have. And those are those are negative. Then there's a jealousy like, oh, you have something good and I could have that good thing also. So all I'm doing is using you as kind of a reflection of what I could be and to keep myself motivated. That's fine. right? But here we're talking about you can't, you're not going to be able to erase your animal. Fare. You're not going to become a tzaddik. So to be jealous of the tzaddik is a purely negative thing.
3: Unless you're being jealous of the fact that he doesn't act
0: on it. Right. That's perfectly fine because that's something you're actually able but to that's do.
3: The only thing we see really- no one actually I mean I think is that no one actually is jealous of the fact that like he doesn't like even want that in the per- I mean that is something to be jealous of fine but it's not you see results. Yeah, you see him being perfect and you're jealous of like I wish I could do what he's doing to
0: yeah but even even to the point that you understand that that's the case I mean look many people are jealous of other people based on pure fantasies of what they think is going on in the other person's right. life so you know whether you can really know about the other person or not doesn't really take away from the fact that people wish that they could get rid of their animal soul and feel like the fact that there are Jews who don't have that problem, like somehow they're relegated to a lower level. Now there is this answer that people say, oh, this is what you were created for. Like, like if, if 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 you know, if someone came to you and said, look, I'm having a party. And like, oh, I'm invited. He's like, no, I need someone to clean my toilet first. And then I can come. No, no, I really don't want you here. I just need someone to clean the toilet. Your job is to clean the toilet. Right? <laughs> Nobody feels like, oh, yay, I get a task. Right? This just doesn't happen, right? There's certain things that, like, as a slogan that might sound good, when you unpack them, they need a little bit more depth to them. So the algebra does say that that's what you're created for, but there's a preface to that. And the idea is like this. So we're going to use the analogy um, Of eating and the reason that the analogy of eating is used is because food is one of the most engaging things that people do when you eat food um, it draws you in that's one of the reasons why we communicate we we connect to each other over food and breaking bread together Um, and so when you eat the food has an effect of if you will drawing you mentally out of yourself and to engage with the food and then if you're eating with someone else you know often with that person so we compare doing mitzvahs to like feeding god and in general we're going to say there's two kinds of food there's food that tastes good and there's food that on paper does not taste good but you can prepare it in the right way that Um, I believe the technical term is it packs a punch. Food that um, it's really either really spicy or really sharp or really hot or, you know, kinds of things that, that, um, they, there's almost sometimes an acquired taste, but they really like jolt you when you eat them. They're very pun, very powerful. And,. So if you want to think about it like this, um, my favorite candy growing up was um, lemon heads. Lemon heads are like a sour candy. Now lemon heads have many layers. What is the best layer of the lemon head?
1: The inside.
0: No. The outside. Layer. The outside. The, the inside. Yellow. The sour part. <laughs> the sour part. <laughs> it's like really this big blast of what sourness. Inside? What? It's yeah. like
3: right outside of.
0: It's yeah. right outside, yeah. then it gets sweeter as you go in. Yeah. Now, there are candies yeah. that are reverse, <laughs> But I became a connoisseur of lemon <laughs> Um And, great. but
1: so chewy versus like the, the sucking candy ones, which
0: ones are... Definitely <laughs> the sucking candy ones are better. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> taking that back to my youth. So, um. So the, so, the idea is that when we do positive mitzvahs, that is for, uh, that would be, use this analogy, that would be for like God, like giving God sweet food. It draws him in, it's engaging. When we do negative mitzvahs, then that's like the food that packs a punch. Um, and a way of appreciating the difference is if you think about like a person who's unconscious and you want to revive them, you know, Giving them the whiff of cheesecake is not going to wake them up, but put some horseradish in front of their nose. That can wake them up. And the idea is that th- these things that are powerful or pungent—they're not necessarily taste good per se—but they, they 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 have this effect of really engaging a person much more powerfully and drawing them out than the you know sweeter, more you know you'd say normally taste good kind of foods. That's the analogy. I don't want to spend too much time on it. The corollary is that when we do positive mitzvahs, God is coming giving us a hug. But when we do negative mitzvahs, you know those hugs like from people that you know, like they're like overbearing. They're like they can't get enough of you hugs. That's the kind of hug you get when you do a negative mitzvah. Negative mitzvah meaning we're to- Negative. Uh, so what does it mean? what does it mean to do a negative mitzvah? How do you do a negative mitzvah? Like right now, I'm not eating pork. Am I getting the hug? The answer is no.
2: Unless you have the...
0: Right, because doing means you are making a choice to do something. Now, to inhibit a drive, an urge, an impulse, that is an action. If I really feel the urge to do something and then I don't do it, I feel the urge to say something and I don't say it. I feel the urge to think something and I don't think it. By the way, anyone know how to do that? How do you not think something? Think about something else. The act of inhibiting an impulse, a drive, an urge, that is an action. So you can do the mitzvah of not eating pork. How do you do the mitzvah? One, two,
2: two. You put a really, really nice piece of pork on the
0: table. You body. put a really nice piece of pork on the table and you have to have a desire to eat the pork. Like and you have to the real they're, desire to eat the pork.
4: Block yourself in a room.
0: And you have to really, really... <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to really... have to I- inhibit yourself. If you're like, oh, it's nice pork, but you're not really... Like, you're, you're not going to eat it, but you're not doing the mitzvah. It has to be something that you have to actively inhibit yourself.
2: So wouldn't Siddiquim then be jealous of us?
0: That's right. It turns out <laughs> that Siddiquim are jealous of us.
2: Because we can do all 613 mitzvahs.
0: Because we can do all 613 mitzvahs, and they can't.
2: They literally can't do an mitzvah.
0: Well, so Chassidus so discusses how Siddiquim has to find something equivalent on their level. And I'm not going to get into how that works. But siddiqim, look at, you know, there's a famous story. A man comes to Rebbe and says, I'm planning on marrying a non-Jewish woman. And the Rebbe says, I'm jealous of you. And people think the Rebbe's been cute. But he's not. Because the Rebbe can't do the mitzvah of not marrying a non-Jew. Okay. Yeah. It's like, you can't do the mitzvah of eating matzah if you have no matzah. You can't do the mitzvah of marrying a non-Jew unless you have a genuine desire to marry a non-Jew that you would act upon... And then you're inhibiting yourself.
1: Is there an idea of not putting yourself in such a situation? Uh, yes,
0: there is. In fact, if you put yourself in such a situation, you are a fool. Um, you are not allowed to do that. It's forbidden. Um,
4: so you're not you allowed to, to put yourself gym, in that situation um, to do lie, it
2: really
0: What? we'll we'll get to that we'll We'll get to that if if the thing you want is the hug we will we will go there I will just tell you that there there ever one time said uh, that uh, story about there was a chassid who who wanted to go and like you know really overcome the darkness in the world so he started saying just to like review Tanya in his mind and he was like well if I'm sitting in the base medrash in the show reviewing Tanya that's not to go to the movie theater and there to think time, and so he's sitting there with his eyes closed. He's not looking at the movie, and he's reviewing time, and he thinks, Well, you know, if I'm not seeing the movie, I'm not really overcoming the darkness. <laughs> we all understand where this leads, right? This
1: is not this is not
0: not bad to serve God. Okay.
1: So wait, does Hashem like to give things better or to get hugs
0: better? That's a different class. Okay. Um. So, when. What's the one word Sorry. What? Of that, what would be the one word answer? It's a false dichotomy from his point of view.
4: What does that mean? It means oh, he, he, either he
0: gets okay. both or he has neither. Okay. But that's only true from his point of view, from our point of view, it's not, and that's why I, I don't want to make that the
4: he's not really getting it.
0: Or the other way around. Every time you do a mitzvah and you think you don't have kuvana on some level you really do have Kavana. And the answer is both of those are true, and we're not getting into this. Why it's a separate class? Okay.
4: Um,
0: fine. So when, so when if you have a thriving animal soul that feels the desire to do things that are forbidden, you have the opportunity of of drawing God to you in such a powerful way that it's like being revived from a faint. It's that powerful, it's that deep, it's that intense. Whereas a tzaddik who only, at least on the surface, has the ability of doing positive mitzvahs, gets hugs, and they're warm hugs, they're nice hugs, but but it's limited to that. So you shouldn't feel second class, okay? However, and this is a big however, when you give someone a hug, your hugs are always superficial always has like little asterisk, there's like exceptions, but almost always superficial. What do I mean by superficial? But if mean, anything that you can say there's a deeper layer that's not involved, that thing is superficial from a certain point of view. Does that make sense? Let me give any another words, superficial is a relative term. It's not a pejorative. Okay? So let me give you an example. Relationships between spouses is by definition superficial. Prove it.
1: Because is deeper than that? What? Because the deeper
2: than there that? There
0: is a relationship. Prove it. Modern.
2: Modern. Shem.
0: Leaving the out of it Grand for a second.
2: Town. Wait, you just say husband and wife.
0: What's. Prove that it's. That there's something that's deeper than, parent, than husband and wife. And it's. Not only is it deeper, that thing really it doesn't even play a role whatsoever in the husband and wife relationship. With yourself? So there's with yourself, and that relationship with yourself is actually passed on to your children. Which is why there's such a concept of divorcing spouses, and there's no concept of divorcing parents and children. Now, does that mean that we should go around saying that spouse relationships are superficial as like an objective thing? No, but it does mean... right? And you, what it does mean that if we're going to look at a person, that finally there is a level of the depth of the person as they are to themselves and their own, and that how that reflects on their own progeny, that just doesn't feature, and that people can get divorced and they remarry, and and that does that that level of flexibility, as deep as that relationship is, doesn't exist on this other level. Okay. So the reason I'm bringing that up is not to say that this is bad, but when we say that hugs are superficial. It's because we're looking deeper not because we're trying to put down hugs. Hugs are superficial because the hug only comes from the place in you where that person is significant in your life. And since there's always more to your life than any one individual relationship, right, what does that mean about every hug? If you look at it in a certain way, every hug is superficial. Because every hug is reflecting how much you care about this other person and that other person, as important as they are, they are one of the parts of your life. They are not the totality of your being. And because that's the case, every hug is superficial. That doesn't mean hugs are bad.
2: Except for the one with Hashem. No. Because Hashem is the totality of the reason that we're here to serve Him. So He is our everything.
0: Well, I want to talk more about Hashem's hugging you. How enthusiastic you are, we'll leave that for another time. When Hashem hugs you when you do a mitzvah. And I don't care which mitzvah it is, whether it's a positive mitzvah, like lighting Shabbos candles, or a negative mitzvah, like not realizing you just missed the time to light Shabbos candles, and you really want to light Shabbos candles, but it's forbidden, so you don't. That's also a mitzvah. In fact, that's a, get a bigger hug when you do that. Of course, that's not a reason to miss lighting Shabbos candles. Um, <laughs>
4: Does that like outweigh the like anti not of
0: no. no 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 God is not an accountant.
4: <laughs> it's
0: not like wow, well, there's five in the in, in the in the in the in the in the accounts receivable and there's four in the outbank that So so I guess I guess overall writing a profit. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> that's a different in thing that overshadow that yes, yes it should overshadow but it does not outweigh and those are, those are very different sinist draws a very different yes when you should rejoice in the fact you're doing a mitzvah regardless of how many sins that you have done that's because the, any one mitzvah overshadows any number of sins but it's not like they're on a balance sheet and then you can cross them out they still have to be dealt with and addressed in fact I don't want to get into this but if a person misses this is not practical luck, a person misses lighting Shabbos candles through their own fault um, meaning that they were willfully negligent not an un- unavoidable mishap then from then on they have to light an extra candle every Shabbos the rest of their life
4: there's those
2: memes of people
0: that
2: like that's <laughs> 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 anyway but um, wait so if someone doesn't light Shabbos candles and you're saying that like okay that, someone forgets and then it's Shabbos already but they want to do the mitzvah of lighting the candle and they have the full intention that they're like okay whatever I don't even like then me just light the Shabbos candle. Does it count as a mitzvah? No. 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 Like an, an In fact, it's a,
0: it's not a mitzvah. But if you don't do it, that's a mitzvah. What's like if you steal a <laughs> It's worse. It's worse. <laughs> anyway. Don't steal. It's not a good thing specific. to do. Okay. <laughs> it was this time. <laughs> okay. Fine. So... <laughs> okay. Now, one of the things, one of the things that is true about Hashem is that Hashem is holy. He's kaddish Like you say, Hakadosh Baruch So, what does it mean that He is holy? So, holy. The best physical analogy for holiness is oil. Now, have you ever seen a bottle of like, vinaigrette salad dressing? It tells you, you should shake before you use it. Right. The reason to shake it is so that it all mixes together. If you let it sit there, the oil rises to the surface. Unless you really want just to pour off the oil at the top. Some people are like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want all the, the vinegar at the bottom. I just want the oil. Um, here, what do you have to do to keep the oil separate from water? Nothing. Nothing. If, so a lot of people say, oh... Something is holy if it's separate, and that's not really true. If you have to separate something from something else, then you're purifying. That's called tahara in Hebrew. If you have to set up walls and barriers and fences to make sure that something isn't contaminated, set aside, it's, separate, it's not really holy. Holy is if you leave it alone; it disassociates from everything else. How can you make something holy? That's an interesting question. Not so simple. Can you? So you
3: should, I'm saying you shouldn't really be able
0: to. Right. Like in other words, it, 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 on the surface, the idea doesn't make any sense. Like it either is or it isn't. Like how do you make something holy? Yeah. If oil came first. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. You can't make the oil have that yeah. property. It's just that's what oil is. Right. In fact, if you want to know what holiness really feels like, um, I asked this to a class. Said, when, when does a Jew really feel holy? And someone said in shul, and I said, Have you been to a shul? <laughs> but I said you're close and I'll leave it to you if you can figure out where does a Jew a regular Jew feel holy not a shul but close in a weird sort of way in a church Yeah. Like, take a Jew maybe not that religious put them in a church and how they all of a sudden feel like don't belong here this is not my place <laughs> right There's not like I need to overcome myself and it's just like not for me I, I have a friend, I know it's a big Kiddush, but I have a friend. I said Shachayana when it happened. Um, and his father is a Catholic guy. His mother um, is Jewish. She's descended from the altar Abba. And whenever, oh, he was getting more into to, to Judaism. And the father is like, you know, you should also check out my ancestral religion. So he to the church. And uh, him and his younger brother. And he was like more oriented to his Judaism, and so he had like a necklace with a mug and David on it. Not that that's exactly the most Jewish thing in the world, but you know, everything is relative, but. Um, And so the the priest is doing what the priest does. He goes around and handing out, you know, little bits of what they believe to be cannibalism. I don't know why they think that's an okay thing to do, but okay.
2: What? Yeah. Like, they like, they think they think the little
0: the, they think the little the little bread is, is, is the body of a dead Jewish carpenter. <laughs> and the wine in his blood. <laughs> they're weird! What can I say? Did <laughs> yeah. wow.
2: they, they, they hand that out in church? They
1: what? They hand out like crackers and say like, old like old Jesus is his body, his body or no. something. There's a lot of stories is that are right? weird. The one that yeah. they
0: yeah.
2: milk his, his body. Milk. No. There's like something that's having a blood, like, blood like, too. When you drink blood? The wine is his blood?
0: Anyway, so they're going around the gold cannibalism ceremony.
4: And so
0: the priest... the priest gets to my friend and my friend just pulls out the milk and David and the priest just moves on and then my friend looks at his brother and says him too and the priest just moves on this is, like, this is, like, this is not for us it's not like I have to do anything it just comes out okay? that's, that's holiness right? Um, if you have to make sure that something doesn't get contaminated that's not holy okay the words of Torah are holy. They don't. They can't contract in purity. Anyway. So. Wait, so what's
3: that called?
0: What? We, we, we have, have to make sure that purity. it's, like, it's like Purity. Purity. Tara. You're
3: keeping it pure. Yeah,
0: something. yeah. Right. So you purify it and then you have to keep it pure. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um, so those are two different ideas. Okay. Now. So when we say that Hashem is holy, that means that anything which isn't... Um, Hashem Hashem's relationship with it Is like water and Is like oil to water Now Here's the thing Mitzvahs They're great They're wonderful You know You do a mitzvah You light a Shabbos candle You eat some matzah You know You don't eat at McDonald's All mitzvahs are great But you know what the thing about mitzvahs are? Is mitzvahs All involve you doing stuff in the world Engaging the world that God created and as wonderful as that is. It's still the world that God created and it's not God It's the world he created Which means as much as he's enthusiastic as much as he's hugging you as much as he's with you Relative to his holiness. That's all superficial because his holiness is that there's on a certain level God is removed from anything which is not him himself so you could be doing a mitzvah with all of the passion, all of the enthusiasm, and all, it doesn't matter if it's a positive mitzvah, negative mitzvah, and God is fully hugging you. But there's this deeper truth about God which is fully withdrawn from all of that, like oil separates from water. And the question is how do you get in touch with God at His core, in His holiness? In other words, can we get close to God not, on a, not in a way that He's coming down to us, but to actually get in touch with His true holiness? No, Torah won't work.
3: that's
0: in itself. Yeah, but the, 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 the Torah is something that he's united with. And the idea of being so if you want to think of united, is like, have you ever seen like a, an old couple been married for like 50 years or something?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: The, the, um, there's a level at which like, it's hard to like draw the line between one and the... i mean assuming they have a decent marriage. Like they merge over time. That's a very deep thing, and you can say that they're one. But it's still superficial relative to a deeper kind of a oneness. Mm. Um, One
3: dies before the other. Yeah,
0: right. And and so as much as the Torah Torah is one with Hashem, the Torah it says that Hashem is united with the Torah, the true holiness of Hashem. So much so, it says in Kabbalah that you have to bring the holiness, the true holiness of God, into the Torah. Not only are we devoid of the true holiness of God, even the Torah is devoid of the true holiness of God. And one of the one of the great things that it says about certain sadiqim, like like King David, is that they were able to draw the holiness of God into the Torah. So again, you have to realize holiness. We don't mean to generically say, "Oh, holy." The Torah mentions is holy. Yes, in a very borrowed sense, but in the strictest, deepest sense, there's anything which isn't the absolute pure being of God. God's, if you can say these words, natural tendency is to withdraw from it, just automatically and be disassociated from it. The way water just floats, the oil floats the top over water. And then for all of Judaism, right, we compare Judaism to water. The Torah is compared to water. Water can be pure. We wanna make sure the Torah learning is impurity, blah, blah, blah. But there's this deeper core that just is not accessed at all, not through doing mitzvahs, not through learning Torah. Um, And and arguably you say, well, how do you access it? If you're accessing it, it can't be that holy. And so the question for today's class is from the perspective of Tzidis, how does a person connect to God in His holiness?
1: Do we need to? Yes. Because the
0: whole point of Judaism is to connect to God. And if there's a possibility to have a deeper connection, then that's the whole point. How does a person connect to God in His
1: holiness? Yes.
0: In other words, like, in other words, in other words, when you do a mitzvah and God is hugging you, you're connecting to God. But you're connecting to God in, in, in as much as God cares about your doing the mitzvah in the world that He created. And that's mm-hmm. a step away from His holiness. That's God is now more like the water. The water flows down, it connects to you, the water should be pure. So I
3: guess somehow it has to be the mitzvah. That's right. Like with things that are, you're allowed to do.
0: Yes. So before we get into the how I want to just give a basic rule which is that one of the things that Hashem does is He always rewards us based on what we've done the reward is based on the the surface now what this explains is that it's not just like a technical accounting thing Um, it's that God is responding to us right so if I come to teach you a class and you come ready to do show and tell one of us is not responding to the other the question is like who set up First, this is a show and tell thing and I showed up to teach and I'm not responding to where you're coming from. If, I'm showing, if you're showing up to learn, I should have prepared a class. I'm showing up to teach, you should prepare to learn. Right? There's a responding to the other being and relating to them in kind. And that's like the sign of any like decent connection to any two beings. Okay? Now, as a side note, which is not the main point of the class, you can't become a robot because then you're not a person. You're not like engaging. Right? It has to be that you're responding but you're also being deliberate. Um, this is like how you avoid conflicts. They were nasty to you. So although the response is to feel like disconnected and want to disengage, you also have the free will to initiate a positive thing and to shift. Okay. So it's not like it's robotic, but it also is taken into account. And that delicate dance back and forth between responding to the other and having initiative, that's what's necessary in any relationship. Same thing with God. Therefore, if we approach God in a way of holiness. God, and I don't know how he does it because I'm not God, will connect to us from his place of holiness. Okay? So the reward, or, and that would be the non of putting it, or the way is the response to us engaging God through an idea of holiness is that God relates to us from this place of holiness, even though that's something that's not really make a lot of sense, because if He's relating to us, then it's not really holy. But if it's holy, it should be removed from us. How does that work? And the answer, simply, and I'm not going to get any deeper, is I'm not God. I also don't know how he created rocks. But he did. Yeah.
2: Um, we all have a piece of Hashem within us. So if we connect to that piece of Hashem... That
0: piece is not holy. No? Um.
2: It's a piece of Hashem.
0: It's not... So, so holy is a relative term.
2: Okay.
0: Right? That piece of us is not... It's holy relative to things like its not wholly relative to God, and the only—and and in fact, not only that, that part of ourselves is even less, is, is even lower than the mitzvahs that we do. So, if you, if, when you look in Tanya, and it describes how we all have a piece of God, um, and then it describes mitzvahs, it says even though the mitzvahs seemingly are lower, they're really even higher than the soul. So, the order of godly things is your soul. Not to mention. Right. That's a whole nother thing. right? But, but this is very important because this is true even if you're talking about a tzaddik who's fully in touch with their godly soul. That's why I want to use this explanation. The, low, the thing that's the most lo- lowest on the totem pole in terms of godly things is the godly soul. Then there's positive mitzvahs. Then there's negative mitzvahs. And then there's holiness.
2: But if it's...
0: So the question is what does it mean a peace of God? Yeah. So we're in Tanya chapter 2. And one of the things you'll notice there is that he uses the idea that God is united with his Chachma, with the Wisdom. And that our souls come from this level called Chachma. And that's, it sounds like Kabbalistic mumbo-jumbo, and it is, but it also means something. Um, And what it means is that the soul is lower than the mitzvahs, the positives are lower than the negative mitzvahs, and the negative mitzvahs are lower than holiness. And so to really touch and connect to God's holiness comes as a response to us relating to him in a way of holiness. You I'm can not ask the wrong question if you want. How does, from where do we know
3: that when we respond, holy, when we respond, yeah, holy, he responds holy
0: back? Where do I know? Yeah. I know because like, Algebra sure says it.
3: I'm saying, like, where, from
0: where?
3: I'm saying, like, what's that? I guess I'm asking, like, what's that based off of, type of thing. So there's like, two we things. Aren't supposed, like,
0: so, it, it's, so there's two things. One.
3: Like, he tells us that. Like as a
0: promise type of thing, like if you do that, I'll do that. Yeah. I mean I mean one of the things to know about chasidus comes through a form of prophecy. So Right. No, sure. So if the algebra writes that means God told him. Now the idea is also sourced in other places, but those are also just forms of prophecy. So um, there's a whole actual discussion in um, the Tractate of Sota. Which is a custom to learn the Tractate of Sota in the sphere. That's why I remember it. Um where's where a whole long discussion about how Shem responds in kind. Um the, alt- the, the the I'm just like I'm new to that. Yeah, like, I'm just Yeah. So so the the, the the expression that you'll find in from the Talmud is Mida Knegad Mida. Um the Kabbalistic expression is a An arousal from below it, it elicits an arousal from above. Um and that's a, But it's, it's a basic principle of Kabbalah. That the whole idea is that God is actually engaging us in response to our Judaism. Not like God is static, and then we're changing to be more like him. So, anyway. Um, okay, so, how... Okay, so, the, the reward or the response for us approaching God... In a way of holiness, is that he connects us out of his holiness. And again, he's God, he could do that. I don't know how that works.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: The question is okay, so what does it mean for us to be holy? Well, it doesn't mean doing mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean even doing the negatives is not sinning. It means something else. And it means being holy in what is permitted to you. Now, there are two levels to this. There is the generic level, and there is the, I don't know, the, the, the brand name version. Like, there's the, there's the knockoff version of being holy and what's permitted to, and there's the real proper way to do it, okay? And the reason is because this phrase, what's permitted to you, has a double meaning. So we're going to talk first about the generic way, okay? There are things that are forbidden, Okay? And if you don't do something which is forbidden, that's very good. It's wonderful. You did a negative mitzvah. You got an enthusiastic hug from God. It's amazing. It's wonderful. But that is not sanctifying yourself in what is permitted to you because it wasn't permitted to do. And in fact, it really doesn't matter. And the people don't realize it, it. doesn't matter why you didn't do it. The very fact that there was a Jew who wanted to do something forbidden and then did not do it.
3: So even if like, they were beyond know, circumstances they no, they to had do to
0: do it, but it doesn't matter why they didn't do it. Right,
3: like, really like, early for because like, people were watching. Right, like, yeah. yeah. Or they missed the plane. They
4: were gonna go on
0: genre. Or... No, but that's that, that's not they they didn't do anything. That was, that, that was yeah.
2: passive.
0: That yeah. No, there, it has to be something they didn't do. So it's mm-hmm. like they didn't they didn't eat the non kosher food because someone was watching. But,
2: but they not really because, the But one it's one not because one. they didn't
0: but they no, they have to engage in an act of inhibition of inhibiting themselves. But it doesn't matter why they're doing
2: Wait, it. Right. But that doesn't imply
1: positive exposure.
0: Yeah, no, it applies to positive mitzvahs and negative mitzvahs. There's a question, halachically, if the mitzvah is an obligation, if you fulfilled your obligation, you have to go back and do it again. There's two views in the Talmud about that. But setting that question aside, the mitzvah is in the act, not in the intent. So if you light Shabbos candles and you don't have intent, there's a view that you've performed the mitzvah so much so that you can't like then go back and do the mitzvah again with a bracha relates to sphere. if what's, you count. What's the intent? Intent, the intent is intent? knowing so that, that, that it's a mitzvah. It. Yeah, just that you're doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and so, if you and any, any like more you. spiritual intent is like, it's nice and good, but that's on your end. In terms of being a mitzvah, the question is, did you do what it says in the code of So if, if you
1: randomly lit a Shabbos candle on Friday night because it happened to be like in the house, you're like, she
4: lit, so that's like, a
0: so, so So with positive mitzvah that, like, with positive mitzvahs that be. are obligations, there's a question if you need to know that it's a mitzvah. Other than that, it's, just a question? it's a it's an open question, and <laughs> and there and therefore halachically there's rules for what to do when something is halachically okay. a doubt. If it's biblical, it's rabbinic. We're talking about do not. But barring that unique specific issue, um, and then there's the mitzvah reciting Shema, which require which you, there's a, as a general rule, um, the what makes it a mitzvah is that you did it. So in negative mitzvahs, the doing is the inhibiting. So I don't care why you didn't do it, as long as you're the one who didn't do it. So if you didn't fly on Travis because the plane, you missed the plane, okay, that's not a mitzvah. It's very nice, good you didn't send it, you didn't do anything. But if you didn't get on the plane, even though you really wanted to, because you knew that when you get off the plane, you know the rabbi's gonna yell at you, and you don't really want to deal with that, even though you don't believe in God anyway, but whatever. So you're like, you know, I'm not gonna do it. But you did a mitzvah, and you got a hug. You just weren't enthusiastically hugging back. That's a separate issue. So the mitzvah doesn't really matter why you did not sin as long as you would have sinned and you stopped yourself. Whether it's an action, physically, speech, thoughts, doesn't matter. In order for it to be sanctified or something that's committed to, it has to be something that's actually permitted to do. So you think, well, if it's permitted to do, then why shouldn't I do it? If I can eat it, why shouldn't I eat it? If I can say it, why can I say it? If I can think it, why shouldn't I think it? and so the idea of being holy is that you, and again, you're not actually holy, you pretend to be holy. If you were actually holy, would you ever do something that in no way contributed to getting closer to God? Would you do that? If you're holy. If you were a holy being, if you were a tzaddik, would you do something that had no, no way contributed to being closer to God? Didn't help you. Didn't help others. Just pure indulgence. Would you do such a thing?
2: You wouldn't be able to.
0: you were right. You wouldn't be able to. You'd be doing it. Would be like water mixing with oil. It just, it wouldn't work. You would. It'd be like someone say, Would you ever eat? if you go to a tzaddik and you'd say, well, "You're not know, eating, Would you ever like sit around just like talking about the local news inside of the. That sounds like sticking my head in the toilet. Why would I do that? It's repulsive. It's uncomfortable. Like no, And I don't want to do it. I would have no desire to do it. Say, well, it's not. Doesn't say it's forbidden. Like, forbidden, not forbidden. If it doesn't contribute in any way to being closer to God, it be, is repulsive to a holy person. Now, here's the thing. According to Jewish law, in the code of Jewish law. It's a positive mitzvah that is incumbent on every single Jew not to do things that don't contribute to their relationship to God, even if they're technically permitted.
2: Is there like a, I'm saying how do you fulfill, it's like every person has to choose one thing? No. Well, I could be like, well, I'm hanging out, stom, because really I want to get energy, so that after I get up... Like,
0: yeah, you should. Right, okay, and fine. what what the reason why it's not written in the Code of Jewish Law exactly what this means is because it very clearly depends on circumstance. Right? So, it, often this is discussed in the context of eating, and I'm not going to discuss in the context of eating because there's uh, letters of the Rebbe where the Rebbe says... I'll, I'll, I'll translate it into my vernacular. Um, but... Us living in the modern Western world are so spoiled that any attempt to limit our indulgences when it comes to eating and sleeping and things like that usually comes at the expense of our physical and emotional health um, because we're so spoiled and therefore we are actually doing something that is counterproductive. So if you're living in you know in in Russia in Tsarist Russia, like foregoing an apple is not going to like mess with your mental health, but when we start like seeing like our our our, you know eating and sleeping um things that are perfectly permitted we we ended up having a negative effect on our relationship either of our physical health or our relationship with god we start to build up resentments now that is a general thing there's obviously exceptions and rules and blah, blah blah but there are plenty of other things which don't involve eating and sleeping and exercise and i'm gonna talk about those kinds of things such as talking we like to talk with each other and we we'll use that as a game. should you say something that has absolutely no positive effect on your ability to connect to God or anyone else's ability to connect to God it's not Lashon Hara It's not slander It's not gossip It's You look through the whole Kaphat Haim It's nowhere It's forbidden There's nothing forbidden about it You're not even a man So you don't have the issue Of the Torah it's, There's nothing Like you can't find Anywhere that it says Anything forbidden about this Well
1: connecting with each other Is a midst. Sometimes I mean as long as you're not Like Speaking slander or
0: like, Sometimes advice or Sometimes but not all, this is, this is why it's very, this is why it can't be written in the Code of Jewish Law because what, what speech and how much speech is actually connecting versus not connecting, um, is actually building relationships that need to be built versus just being indulgent, these are not things that can be prescribed to people ahead of time. They require a person to be self aware and sensitive. And they're very situational dependent. And and the same thing is true with all other mundane activities. And so being holy, what's permitted to yourself, this is the generic version, it's saying, well, wait a minute, yeah, it it might be permitted, but it's permitted because sometimes, for some people, this can actually contribute to their getting closer to God or helping other people get closer to God. But it's not a given. And if here it's not really doing that, then... For me, I'm not gonna do it. And in fact you're biblically required not to do it. The positive mitzvah not to do it. So it's the
3: type of things that like we
4: really know. The person doing it is the one that
0: really knows. So That's that right. It's authentic or not. Right. Now you need a mentor and a Mishpia to help like work through these things. But even there, a lot of, even with that guidance that just gives you help in like figuring things out for yourself. You have to have a certain amount of self awareness and judgment. And this is why it's a very difficult mitzvah because it requires a person to be, to develop an honesty with himself about things. And even thinking, yeah? There's thinking, which is, a not a forbidden thought, right? but is this thought actually helping me get closer to God? If the answer is no. Then you have a positive answer to think something else.
1: Then you just become a robot.
0: No. There's
1: a perfect robot that's only thinking about Gamara all day long.
4: Well, no, anymore. because Mar- <laughs> thinking about Gamara but all day long, like no, like-
0: but because thinking about Gemara all day long, this is why I say it's a hard mitzvah. Because thinking about Gemara all day long doesn't actually bring you closer to God. It makes you further away from God. Oh. Well, I'll use myself as an example. I have a wife and six children. What do you think all my life would look like if I thought about Gemara all day long? So. Mitzvahs of like, you know, getting along with your spouse, educating your children in the ways of Hashem. Those can't happen if all you're doing is thinking about Gemara all day long. It requ- th- th- this requires a person to be very engaged with what does it mean to connect to God. What are the consequences of things? What is the situation? It requires a person not to be running on autopilot. It does not require a person to say, okay, well now I'm only going to think things that are holy thoughts. No, that's, that's not what it means at all. They never told somebody to think about baseball because they were played by unholy thoughts, and they never knew that this person, if he thought about baseball, it would really catch his mind. If he thinks about Gemara; it's not, and that's and so for him, thinking about baseball was was a good thing. Does that I mean everybody should now think? That's not how it works. This is such an individualized mitzvah; it changes from person to person, from life circumstances to life circumstances, from day to day, from moment to moment. It can change. What does it mean? If something is going to make you irritable, then, well, being irritable is not conducive to serving God, so that's a serious consideration, right? You know, so this requires knowing like what are the consequences of things, what how do things affect me, how do things not affect me, right? And that applies to behaviors, actions we take, it applies to speech, and it applies to thoughts. And this is a positive non time down mitzvah on every Jew to say, even though in the code of Jewish law it says it's permitted, even though when I call up the rabbi it says it's fine, I know this does not contribute to me getting closer to God or anyone else getting closer to God. So therefore I'm not going to do it, say it, or think it.
3: It's an assay?
0: Awesome. Yes, it's a mitzvah And it's the same type
3: of mitzvah as like Lady Charles candles, technically?
0: Um, there's a dispute about that. Some hold that is called a mitzvah kylellis which is a, a a mitzvah which is not included in the 613. Um, yeah, that's the Rambam's view. And there's others that counted in the 613.
3: Which means
0: that if you have to choose between the two, type of thing? No, cuz it's it not it's not the kind of mitzvah because it's situational dependent. It's not the kind of mitzvah that could ever run the conflict of anything else. Mm. It's, a, it's it's the most flexible mitzvah because it says, "Okay, what is going to what permitted things are going to help you and everyone around you?" thrive more in your Judaism those are the things you're allowed to do and everything else even though it says the Jewish law you are don't do those things or say those things or think those things so it's by definition has a built-in flexibility there's no there's no halachas of it <laughs> that's what makes it so hard it, because you can you, if, you, if you approach it the wrong way you can blow it off you could drive yourself crazy you could do things that are literally dangerous because you're deluded right it's a very difficult mitzvah and a person needs guidance and you shouldn't just like jump into it but okay. yeah how can you make it how can this be you
4: making yourself holy ah of,
0: because, because what you're make because, because the idea because making yourself holy um is not is, is more better translation the way chassidus understands would be to imitate someone who is holy hmm. okay so is and in fact statement? in Hebrew the word asiya, well they didn't see this in chassidus the word asiya to make or to do also can relates to the word artificial like in modern Hebrew um, something something is artificial it's, it's um, and in, while in general Chassidus frowns very much on being artificial when it comes to this you're not holy and the mitzvah is to act as if you were holy Would a, a holy person doesn't care if it's permitted a holy person cares only does this bring me or other people closer to God and if it doesn't contribute in any way it's merely indulgence then not only do they not do it, they're not even inclined to do it. And the mitzvah is to act as if that's how it was going on, even though it's not.
2: So God is really giving you more than you're giving? Because, like, you're not really being holy. You're just
0: That's right, right, right. And this is based on the Gemara and Sotah. actually says that God always, in the positive, always rewards infinitely greater. It's the same avenue, but always infinitely greater than what you Doing. And there's many things, things like the Talmud says that a person sanctifies himself a little bit below. God sanctifies them a lot from above. The idea is found in the Talmud but you put a little bit of effort in this area and you get a lot back.
4: So what does this do for God again? Is
0: this, this is where God feels like he can connect to you without ha- leaving anything behind. Without having to hold anything back.
3: Like in, a way the deepest.
0: in the deepest way. And that actually has an effect on you um, which is what? Well, which is which is that it actually causes in small, little areas of your life that you could eventually become somewhat holy, not overall, but in certain areas that you could start feeling about certain things more like it's a church. That's that's a, that's an, a consequence of this thing, and that's the verse says, "Be them, make or act as if you're holy, be is and you will eventually become holy in certain areas." So,
3: how could you die doing
4: this one's life?
0: Well, let's say that you abstain from eating because you think it's unnecessary and you were wrong in your calculations. And there have been stories about this. This is, you know...
4: Yeah.
0: Or people have gotten, like, ruined their marriages because of these kinds of things or destroyed relationships with children because of these... Like, like And then you have the other extreme, which is people just totally blow off this mitzvah and they think, well, if it's kosher, it says it's mahadran. Like, what's wrong? And they just indulge and they basically live a hedonistic lifestyle with, you know... Everything is with all the chumras and everything else But they're they're violating a positive mitzvah in the Torah, right? It, that's why this is so hard You can't get the Every other mitzvah you get the luxury of looking at the shulchanach Or asking the rabbi And here the best you get Is guidance from a mentor And that's it But there still requires a person to work very hard On personal honesty to, know, to take things slowly To, 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 to know where and what
1: Some mitzvah feels like Go
2: know yourself
0: Yeah and one of the important things is that that um, that while in principle the mitzvah applies to everything across the board, you can't like just decide to do that. You have to like like any. It's like saying a person doesn't keep Shabbos. You can say from now on I'm keeping Shabbos. No, you don't start keeping Shabbos that way. Mm-hmm. You can't start doing the mitzvah of being holy. But like now on, if it's not contributing to helping me relate to God anyway or anyone else relating to God, I'm not going to do it. it. Doesn't work like that. You have to sit the settled mind, with the men to figure out where can I start working on this mitzvah in a realistic way. And if you haven't done that, then you shouldn't make any radical changes because you're liable to do something stupid. Okay.
2: Unless you can just, like, for a fact, you know, know, stopping doing this is because it's not helping my connection to Hashem so I might as well just stop yeah, it
0: now yeah, yeah. but when you when you give it the the power of a mitzvah and that it applies to everything it, without the proper guidance you can go off the deep end and people have done that so yeah okay that's the generic version now you want the real version? are you allowed to blow off positive mitzvahs? just like yeah yeah God said I have to do it but I'm not interested so I'm not going to do it you allowed to do that? no
4: mm-hmm.
0: okay So if it's a positive mitzvah not to do things which are purely indulgent and have no positive impact on your relationship with God or anyone else's relationship with God, are they really permitted to you? No. No. They might be permitted to other people, but they're not permitted to you. And it says in the Code of Jewish Law, sanctify yourself with what is permitted to you. Which means the real true way to be holy is not by abstaining from doing things which are indulgent because that's actually a requirement anyway. The real thing about being holy is about those things which are not Torah and Mitzvahs themselves, but they are things that you need to do. They do have a positive impact on your relationship with God, directly or indirectly, and therefore they're not things you should abstain from doing. Are you doing them in a way that you're being driven by your animal soul? Or have you taken your animal soul and um, offered it up to God, sacrificed it. And the classic example in the Talmud is that the sages used to, do, used to delay breakfast two hours. They would eat whatever they would need to eat. And what would they do during those two hours?
4: Learn.
0: And what would they do after breakfast? Learn. So did they gain any new learning? Mm-hmm. So why did they delay breakfast for two hours?
2: But they would eat.
0: They would learn. So they'd wake up, learn... They w- they'd finish davening.
2: Okay.
0: Breakfast time is after davening. They finish davening. <laughs> no, breakfast is after davening. Beforehand, They you can eat in order to daven. But yeah. you can't have a meal. Yeah. That's also in the Code of Jewish Law. So
2: you wouldn't consider that breakfast, because that's in order
0: The meal is after. it's one of the reasons why when Chesidim eat before davening on Shabbos, they don't make kiddush. Because kiddush is... The time of kiddush is the time of the meal. And eating before davening is not a meal. According to, Alter like, Rebbe, I, according, yeah. to, according to the Alter Rebbe, yeah, because women have to daven shachar. Because so so if yeah. I'm
3: eating before
0: david, I shouldn't think that this is breakfast. Or I should specifically eat also after. It's it. someone, don't it.
2: Anna, someone does, <laughs> I don't
0: know if it matters what you think.
2: <laughs> but I'm not someone who only makes kiddush, she makes kiddush in the morning before she eats breakfast on a the Shabbos.
0: There's another view. There, there's different views about, because yeah. of the complications of women's obligation to david. Um. But the time for the time for breakfast after david. Do women have to have a chakra? Yeah. Separate question. What? Anyway. So they would finish davening and everyone would go eat breakfast. And what would they do? The sages. They would delay breakfast for two hours. They would eat the same thing and they'd learn them out the same amount of time. So why would they delay breakfast for two hours? Action of a stavishtam. There's a whole okay. question about which pasuk you learn out from. There's a machlet. <laughs> if I'm you count it everyone. as a mitzvah, which pasuk you learn out from? them? Es bizka-dista. Es bizka-dista. Okay. Um, the reason is the reason is because when you eat breakfast at breakfast time who's driving you to eat breakfast? Yeah, and so and you say, well what's wrong with breakfast? I say, nothing's wrong with breakfast. What's wrong is that my animal soul has dictated that I'm eating breakfast. So you know what? We're going to wait for breakfast. Why? And was like, but why? Because you want it, so we're waiting. He said, but what do you gain? Holy people do not aren't driven by dictated to by their animal soul. So I will pretend that I'm a holy person and not allow my animal soul to dictate to me when I eat breakfast. Thank you very much. And that is a sacrifice to God. And here's very important. This only works as a mitzvah if the reason you're doing it is to be holy and give this as a sacrifice to God. If you're doing it because you think you'll be healthier, you'll be more disciplined, or, or you'll get some other tangential benefit... That you're not really doing this mitzvah. it's by definition,
2: because like a really holy person would be able to eat or right pornography, and it would be fine, right? So like a really holy person,
0: yeah, but a really ho- It's not about the behavior; it's about what's driving the behavior. In other words, the real mitzvah of the the, the 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 true version is things which you are supposed to do because they are necessary for you to serve God or to help other people serve God. To imitate a holy person just like a holy person is not driven by their animal soul. Don't do these things in the way that you're driven by your animal soul. And what does that mean in practice? It means delaying. And delaying not because you'll be more effective. Not because you'll be more disciplined. Not because you're going to get some answer benefit from it. Delaying the same way you sacrifice an animal to God. You're sacri- taking your animal soul. You're building an altar. And you're saying this is for God. And when a person approaches things in that way then God's holiness truly rests on the person and that really ha- is, is, is the, really the mitzvah of being holy
1: so the brand name version of sanctify yourself is by like squashing your
0: animal soul Squ- the brand name version is squashing your animal soul even in those things which you're anyway going to do because you need to do them which includes so I'll give you an example let's say you really need to have a conversation with somebody and as far as they're concerned it doesn't matter whether you have it right now or in a half hour like it really doesn't matter. If it does matter for them, then you can't be holding someone else's account. How do you know if
4: it's your animal soul or body soul? You know that
0: urge yeah, exactly. that I really have to do this right now? That's always your animal soul. Really? Yeah. What? That urge that I really have to do something? That's your animal soul. you mean
4: if mitzvah? That? Yeah. yeah. That's your animal soul. Why? not know. Yeah.
0: Now, again, yeah. If we're talking about a mitzvah, this doesn't apply. We're talking about it's a not, it's not a, something that's not a mitzvah.
2: If it's a mitzvah If it's a mitzvah, I my there's procrastination
0: no. was holy No 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 Procrastination is not holy You said
2: nothing's
4: like a Very little of <laughs> your episode. I <laughs>
0: No But this means like this Yeah I'll give you I'll give you like, You ever learn something And it's really really interesting And then you're trying to find Who to share it with yep. You ever had that experience Yeah Okay Don't
2: Don't Don't, don't. share
0: it I think but wait a minute Why should other people Deprive of it Don't I need to share it And like Okay fine Share it Wait 10 minutes. No, they're not, not going to make a difference to them if you share it in 10 minutes or not.
4: Forget it. I'll, I'll forget it. Yeah.
0: Well, then maybe you should review it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my way of reviewing sometimes.
0: Oh, so you're just like interrupting and impose on other people for your own benefit. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Well, it's a two-way street. Sometimes they'll interrupt for their own.
1: Exactly. Place. So it's like a,
0: you know... You ever <laughs> have a really good joke that you've just heard? It's not even Torah. Yeah. So, if you're going to say it because it would actually be a useful thing to say it, so then by all means, say it. How would it be useful? Let's say somebody's sad. Let's need to lighten the mood. <laughs> There's a million reasons why a joke would be appropriate, right? One of the differences between a chassid and a Mesnaged is Mesnaged never makes jokes. <laughs> like this was a known thing in Europe. Is that people are walking around and everything's like like you can't make jokes cause like you know, we're in Gullah, so we have to be like very rigid and, and that was like a thing over time it's been less so because you know cultures blend and so you have some people who decided that um, not decided some people who taken in Chassidus in a very non-Hasidic way and some people who are non chassidic have been influenced by Chassidus. so now the lines are blurred but if you go way back to like you know the early first few generations of Chassidus, that was like a telltale sign a a yeah what
4: is
3: what's happening up there when you delay then do
0: that with a, when you delay an Avera.
3: Like you really want to do something and you're like, okay, hey, I lost, I'm doing this, but like you wait. I like, hey, was you, it half
0: half you want an analogy? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I feel like the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> no, does anything happen like it's not
3: already allowed it? that's the okay, like, case. So so is, so so it's so, warp, but is there any credit to that? So, so there's, so there's, there's
0: the two things. There's answered. two things. No, there's two things. One... <laughs> one so, so if you delay and then in the end you succumb is different than if you delay but knowing that you're going to succumb. Those are different. D- delaying and then succumbing, God God relates to each thing individually. But if you're delaying, knowing that you're going to succumb and you're just pushing it off, you know you're going to do it anyway. Um, I'll give you an analogy and you're not going to like it. If you get disturbed, please leave the room. Okay. Um, just my... What? No, you can leave the room. Cause I'm gonna say it anyway. So, in one of my son's classes, there was a kid who had um, disease of the brain, and it got worse and worse and worse, and he didn't survive about two years, and he passed away when he was eight, I think. So, as it was very clear, like like the natural order of things, there was no nothing to do. I mean, Hashem can do any miracles, but, but in the natural order, there's nothing left for the doctors to do. Um, and they asked, this his parents asked him, like, what does he want? Like, what? what do, they do, And so he said, well, I'm not having a bar mitzvah, so I want to be able to put on tefillin. And so they put on tefillin because I mean, the fact that children don't put on tefillin is like based on certain stringencies, but there's nothing like you, you could have, a child can do any mitzvah, a child can be ready to do, put on tefillin. So he put on tefillin, properly the whole thing how do you think his father felt watching his 8 year old son putting on tefillin pretty heavy mixed emotions right Mm -hmm. joy at what is and tremendous sorrow at what is about to be so that would be the best analogy to think of of what it's like for a shaman seeing a Jew not doing an avera planning on giving in in a few minutes
3: Right. It's
0: very similar. It's like almost cousins in the concept of doing it. Like you kind of hope you won't give in, but like you, yeah. after the fact, thinking of
2: an example of when you actually end up doing right. it: Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah, that anyway, great. back to the wait, main. Wait, you, were <laughs> you asked? like about a joke. jokes. Wait, what were you saying about a joke?
0: So, like, if you have a joke to say, so it's like this the 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 generic myths of being holy is well if don't say the joke unless it's constructive and helping you or someone else connect to God and if it is then by all means say it the brand name version the deeper version is even if even if it's the appropriate thing to do as long as it's not going to take away from its effectiveness delay for thirty seconds you know that 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 the, that discomfort, like your animal soul like really wants to do something and like all of a sudden it realizes like it doesn't control your life. That, and doing that, even though it's a proper thing to do and the only reason you're doing it is because your animal soul is not holy and you're going to act as if you're holy in order to bring a sacrifice for God. That is a positive mitzvah. And so, each person and their things should find something that even that not only is it permitted it 's even printed for them, meaning it 's a positive thing it will overall influence them in a good way and finding a way of of sanctifying so acting as if they 're holy in that area, which means they 're going to do it anyway, but they delay to cause some discomfort to the animal soul just because it 's not holy and that mitzvah if you think about it that way and aside from being all that. You know, having to judge things very properly requires a person to really care about the relationship with God. This is not a mitzvah you can just do absentmindedly. Because there's nothing. The mitzvah is the mitzvah. Unlike almost all mitzvahs, the mitzvah is entirely in the intent behind what you're doing. If you do it for the wrong intent, it's just not a mitzvah anymore. Like you have to really care about connecting to God. Otherwise, you're just like, you know, I don't know, working on your discipline or something, which is you know good. Do that too. Yeah.
1: Um, what if? You do, by you delaying this desire you're also like like negatively it's negatively affecting your
0: relationship. Then you then 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 it's then are you not know allowed to do it. Sanctifying yourself was permitted to you means that it is that it, it has to be something that is a not a mitzvah and B, you're delaying it it doesn't have any negative effects on you or anyone else's relationship with God. So, so well, since relationships with people are part and parcel of relationships with God, it's included. Mm-hmm. You cannot be holy on someone else's account.
1: I don't understand
0: how the really
4: wanting to check things off my to-do list.
2: Mm-hmm. Is your animal soul. Yeah. Because... So yeah, like, to like yeah. the desire to yeah.
0: like get things done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's all about you. And what you if like
1: it's that, about Torah mitzvahs? Sometimes I just like only
2: get focused on that, and like everyone else just like disappears. Yeah. And like sometimes those relationships, like talking with someone, that's actually holier than whatever's on the to Right, right. But what if your to do list is like, okay, I've got a little Tanya and but let me just like make sure I have it there because I know what I
0: have to do. Here, here, here's the thing you're not going to become a holy person. The mitzvah is the mitzvah is again, the generic version is all the things that don't really contribute. There's a paz mitzvah not to do them. And the real the branding, the the true version is, is even those things that you're going to do, which are not mitzvahs, to find some areas, sometimes, where you are sacrificing your animal soul. Not you're not doing something, not you're your 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 being better. You're doing everything you would otherwise do, but you're doing it in such a way that makes your animal soul feel like it just got kicked out of the driver's seat. And that has to be done in a way that it does not come at the expense of your own Torah or anyone else's Torah including the idea of getting along with other people. I
2: thought we needed to elevate the
0: animal soul, not neglect it. Well, how do you elevate an animal? The first thing you do is you slaughter it. Then you drain its blood. I'm not kidding. Like, like if you look in the chsiz, it says how this works, right? Is that you don't elevate the animal while it's alive. You first shechet it, and then you drain its
2: blood. So, by delaying it for 30 seconds, um, is the shafting. So, yeah, you can be part of this, but he keeps have- going back to life. He doesn't <laughs> stay dead.
0: Think about it. You get to offer sacrifices every yeah. day. <laughs> Everything, about Every time, this is this is more powerful than any other mitzvah. Right. And you have so many opportunities. Right. I know. I've been
1: there. Well, how is it a mitzvah? So it's also a
2: mitzvah, but it's, it's like, also it's Like I'm doing two things. Because there's like a mitzvah. I'm it's the, the, a unique ministry.
0: about this mitzvah. There's yeah. a mitzvah to act yeah. totally. So the mitzvah to be beyond the mitzvah. Yeah. yeah. The mitzvah
2: to not Yeah. the mitzvah. So are yeah. you doing two? You kind of have like two. You're doing a regular hug and a...
0: And you're, you're, you're getting a super <laughs> duper duper. You're getting a very oily <laughs> hug. It's like you got hugged by a lock gun. <laughs> okay, that's that's why we don't mix oh metaphors. Okay. <laughs> um, where does don't
1: go after your partner's
0: eyes? Um, that's a negative mitzvah. That's a negative right. mitzvah. Right. So the idea of kedusha you don't get from that. You get the idea of eskafi of, or You could be kitcha but yikra is covered. It's not kedusha. Okay. Can you
1: title this? It. It. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: anyway, anyone wants to to, to to see inside? It's chapter twenty-seven of Tanya. Um,
1: Besides, for waiting,
0: I don't how? think there's any because because this idea is doing things that you have to do. I mean, if you don't, if it's something you don't have to do, then it really fits into the, you know, an indulgence that you really shouldn't do at all. Right. Yeah.
1: How does this relate to the concept that I was so happy? To
0: so our the real ability to do that, like, look, everything can be said in many ways. There's a way of saying taking any idea and making it an inspirational idea. And then there's like the way where you're making it like something that can really be integrated into a person's life. The idea of using your animal soul to serve God as an animal comes; it is made possible by being holy. So it's by doing this mitzvah of sanctifying yourself, of really, even on the generic level, all the more so if you're doing it on the, the brand name version. But having that as part of how you live your life. Is what enables you then to really utilize the animal soul for ho- for 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 godly surface, in a real way.
1: I just struggle with like first thing in the morning. I'm like, hey, get out of bed, and like trick myself into like getting out of bed, and that's like using the animal soul to like do a mitzvah.
0: Yeah, I mean, getting out of bed. There's a whole different citizen about getting out of bed. I could tell you how to get out of bed.
1: I know you've told us, but that's not gonna happen. I need to like trick myself. <laughs> what you telling? Be getting out of bed <laughs> with a lion. That's not gonna happen.
0: Well, did I tell you how to do it? Like the techniques? No. No. I can tell you how to do it.
4: Tell us how.
0: Okay. I mean, there's the obvious things go to bed on time. Okay. No, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is easy, but like, there's, things that if, there's things that if you do them the wrong way, don't be surprised that it doesn't work. And then there are things that there's a the right way to do it, and then it's still hard to do, but it's doable. Okay. So there's obviously going to bed on time and going to bed and getting up you know those are just like basic health getting rid of things okay in terms of Judaism stuff first thing is the last thing you should do before you go to bed physical action um, uh, is setting up negovasar by your bed
1: that's even after sh- um, the last blessings no
0: the last thing you should say is the bedtime shema and those blessings Right. the last thing you should think about is something that is relating to Torah and mitzvahs that you find emotionally engaging um, so depending on who, where you are but something that you something that you can like, like think about it is like something that you find engaging so a story or an idea engaging
3: as in like
0: mentally engaging
3: you like it yeah
4: engaging right? what are we defining
0: engagement? Something that you don't feel like you have, something that you don't feel like you're
4: It's
0: it's not going to be easy because you're you're an animal soul that's going to fight against it, but something that you you want to be thinking about even though it's hard to keep your mind focused on it. And try and fall asleep like that. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing thought as soon as you're awake the first thought is God really wants me to get out of bed and he's right here waiting for me to get out of bed to think now flush that however you want but that's you should train yourself that's the that's what you should train yourself as soon as you're aware that you're awake in the morning start thinking that then you sit up put your hands together like this and you say moda'ani slowly word by word, thinking about what the words mean. Then, you turn to the side of the bed, and you wash Nagel I guarantee you, if you do that, on a regular basis, you'll find it not easy, but relatively much easier to actually get out of the bed physically every morning. You accept and
1: then you say the morning blessings.
0: Yeah.
2: What about if we
0: have an alarm? That's it cool. It's like on. On. so cool. So your alarm goes off, and you start the whole process. <laughs>
2: but you say murder, I mean, before you catch your alarm.
0: No. You really should.
2: Action. Like, as in, like I would don't touch my alarm until I wash my hands. It's a vessel. Right. But yeah. it's much harder to concentrate. I would say on. like this. I would say like this. I
0: would say like this. I would say like this. You really shouldn't touch the alarm until you work in a glass, sir. I'm not a rub, so what I'm telling you is my own gut instinct, which is two things. One, if there's roommates that aren't planning on getting up, then I think that you should turn off the alarm first. That's my gut instinct. I'm not making a blanket and if there aren't, then well, I, want I think it's in an, and I
3: have this shimmer. Sh- sh- then, then, <laughs> then
0: my gut instinct is that it's my gut instinct is that it's okay to turn off the alarm. But those are my gut instincts. I'm not telling anyone else what to do. Like you should really ask them, someone who. Your
3: phone's coming anyway. <laughs> because so. it,
2: okay. it's like it, it's you, having that concept of like you're thinking about those things it's like touch it again. it's so easy because it's, it's like, like for me to turn my alarm if I say mother and wash my head and then turn it off but it's so it's by, the, <laughs> way,
4: by <laughs> the way by <laughs> <way, laughs> the way the,
0: the, the trick here <laughs> the trick here the trick here is the trick here the trick here is not to engage your, not to like engage with how do I feel just, just strictly the thought the thought that Hashem, is, want, uh, that Hashem is waiting for me to get out of bed and He's here waiting for me and excited for me to get out of bed. And the actual slow clear enunciating of moda ani in the right physical position while paying attention to the meaning of the words. Nothing, any deep getting in touch with, like inspiring yourself, don't do that.
1: What's the last thought for, I didn't get that, what does it mean that it's making, engaging.
0: That's engaging? There's things that you enjoy thinking about but they're not necessarily easy to focus on. And there are things that like you really like don't want to think about, them, but you have to like study for a test. Not those kinds of things.
3: What does that accomplish, theoretically? Like that thought process before then? Like,
0: but where does that fit it's in? It's just that it's not the kind of thing you're going to be able to maintain regularly falling asleep, and so it's counterproductive. You're, if part of getting up properly is going to sleep with the right kinds of thoughts, you don't want to set yourself up an unnecessary challenge. It's a practical consideration. It's not like a. So I'm so sure there's a mystical side to it, but. What?
3: We're, we're because just, you should think Torah thoughts.
0: And, yeah, and you're so not going to think Torah thoughts if you don't like thinking about that idea and you're just doing it because you're supposed to. It's That's like not to that would... to
4: sacrifice
0: your Right, but right. <laughs> yes. It is not. That's not <laughs> counterproductive. Right. Did you, did you come up with this? No. Or you... No. Oh. This is from a spiel. This is like basic chinuch. Basic. The last action.
4: <laughs> the last action is <laughs> me- <laughs>
0: The last action is then after that's the last thought, which is Krishna, and after the last thought, which is Machshav and then in the morning, the first thought is Hine Shmitzav love. the first idea is Maidani, and the, morning, the first action is Nagavasar. Yeah. But there's a, there, but like if you just do it all like not no, it's it's a seder like it doesn't require a lot of deep stuff, but like to actually do it attentively. It changes how you sleep It changes how you're listening to getting to bed And you'll find that Like you still have to make the decision To get out of bed And you're not going to succeed every day But it You just magically get Well,
2: you
0: have to sit up, up of Out difference. of bed
2: When you say wow. Modani.
0: Modani, You should sit up Not get out of bed And you should bend over a little bit Like, like this And put your hands together like What's
1: that
0: What's the hands for? Um, like a slave in front of their master Acknowledging well, means, the morsels
1: like, okay. I myself right?
0: What? What? Moda means a combination of I submit and I think. The overlap of those two ideas. Well, that's why we do like this. To not because once the the Christians took that up because that's the way. So when we don't want to believe the Christians, so so. They put it together. Yeah. Oh, that's like
3: they do that before they go
0: to sleep. They do it every time,
3: but males do it there's time yeah, you're, supposed,
0: you're supposed, yeah. So, so it's we, going like this saying that's like Yeah. I, the, Actually, I mean there's different there's different <laughs> customs. There's different customs, but you shouldn't do is what the Christians do. The the Chabad custom is to do it this way. Um, then you're taking the impurity on this hand and giving it the Christians the out. But so okay. you're saying Modani. By the way, someone asked <laughs> Debbie what his favorite tefila was. was Stop. Really? Why? Did he say why or did he say why? You don't mean You don't say why. The he the and the It's the Jew They can't really up with their own estate. They shouldn't do that. Terrible. It's terrible because it. then you get this negative association it is with that.
4: <laughs>
2: Every time I hear it, I like I'm traumatized. I know it's that. so
0: bad. They shouldn't do that.
2: That's really bad. You
0: should yeah. not use it. By the way, you should yeah. not use for an alarm clock. You should not use anything holy.
4: <laughs>
0: Don't use a niggin. No, for the, it's like like people develop. A there's a ringtone that I used to use for waking up I when I had to like very early to go to coil. Yeah, to this bad? day, if anybody hears that ringtone, I have this like negative okay. response. Pick something that you don't mind having a negative association with because that you're again, on. like spiritually
3: speaking, it's the first thing you hear right when you wake
0: up. So don't pick a song. Pick like a, you know. Bang. Beep, 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 beep. I just opened the blinds
1: so I don't.
0: That's the best. That just requires you to get up once yeah. it's light out. Yeah. For those of us who get up while it's still dark, that's so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You <know.
2: laughs> <laughs> Those, very Those guys stay up all night, okay?
1: That's <laughs> not what it says. So,
4: so they, they only make
2: the noise when they come to the lot so Rooster stays up all night, They only make that noise when they see the, the r- lot so No, the roosters, tell you, the, the roosters.
0: The roosters. No, this is roosters, a mistake. The roosters.
2: I have chickens at home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> all the farms that I've
0: been
1: on, they are going around all night long. Okay, so the, the
0: reason. The reason. Actually, there's a blessing. You're
1: supposed to say a blessing when you hear a rooster. Right. We so the the, the
0: reason for the rooster, the reason for the rooster is to get up at midnight. Interesting. The reason for the rooster is to get up at midnight, not at dawn. You don't need a rooster for dawn. You need a rooster to get up at midnight. They would go to sleep early, and the rooster would start doing whatever it does in the middle of the night, and then you get up because the rooster. And I don't know if about roosters, but even in, in the Torah, it's not for getting up at dawn, It's but for what getting would up.
1: You, what would you
0: T'ikon Chatzos.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously,
0: so when the Torah, Torah at night, because the rooster, <laughs> in principle, the rooster starts crowing like once you get halfway through the night. I mean, I don't know enough about roosters, but like that's. I mean, if we. Kabbalistically, kabbalistically, know, like, oh, the the, the rooster is at midnight. Do we still
4: do
0: no. Yes left? and no. Yes, it's still done, and the chabad. Custom is not I forget What was
4: the reason? That so So
0: pure. T'ikon Chatzos There's different There's different takes on it The Chabad take on T'ikon Chatzos Is about reflecting on The <coughs> exile Of the Shechina And how you have Personally contributed to it And it's an extension Of the reflection That one says At the bedtime Shema And T'ikon Chatzos Therefore Someone who So sort to of speak sort of Mastered the art of reflection at the at Daim Shema, and needs to move to the next level with Do Tikkun and so there have always been Chassidim who have done it, but if someone who hasn't really mastered the art of, of the reflection before going to bed every night, it's like a little bit silly for them to like say Tikkun it's like there's some sort of kabbalist. Um, also, because that kind of reflection should be done privately, tikkun Chatzais, is always understood, should be done privately. So even if someone was doing Tikhan Chatzais in general, you wouldn't know about it. So there are khasin, and we know who historically have said it. In practice, um, most people struggle to do an honest reflecting of their contribution to the evil in the world that they contribute to on that day and resolve to do better the next morning at the bedtime shema. So Tikhan supposed would be kind of flawless. Plus, kabbalistically, tikkun Chatzais, Spurman doesn't make sense, as far as I understand. There's certain things that like kabbalistically, that the whole practice only makes sense if a man is doing it, or vice versa, a woman mm-hmm. doing it. Are
3: there real kabbalists now?
0: Yet? In principle, yes. I don't know of anybody.
3: Because apparently,
0: there's like a whole bunch in Eretz There. So it depends what you mean by a real kabbalist. If you ask a chabad person what a real kabbalist means, right, a real kabbalist it. means someone who has basically a quasi form of nivul. Right. And there are. But I don't know of anybody that I would say, oh yeah, Esther for sure. Um, you wouldn't like, like there's people that like go to Cabalists and like,
3: you know. I wouldn't go to
1: capitalist for sure, but yeah, people no,
0: like. Not at all. <laughs> I wouldn't go even if I knew they were for sure capitalists. Why not? Um. So, there's a there's a few reasons. So we have a room. One is.
3: Okay.
4: <laughs>
0: Projection. One is that there's, there's, there's an idea that that a person is trying. Like, there's a very childish idea, like there's like this ultimate. You can get that to is all. To